Hello, everyone. It's Chuck from Above the Basement, Boston Music and Conversation. How would you like to join us in creating great conversations that inspire and connect? Patreon is a membership platform that provides a way for creators like us to build relationships and provide exclusive experiences to subscribers or patrons. We have been self-financed since we got off the ground in June of 2016, and it is truly an honor for us to speak with the people who make this world a better place through music. But in order to continue to fully invest all we can in each episode, we need your patronage. For more information, please go to patreon.com forward slash above the basement. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Let's make a new one, mama, what do you say? I love you when you let me pick out the name. Waitress the Musical, written by Jesse Nelson, with original music and lyrics by six-time Grammy nominee Sarah Bareilles, is currently on a U.S. tour, and while the Boston show has completed its run, the tour will continue throughout the U.S. over the next year or so. We had a chance to sit at the beautiful Boston Opera House and talk with conductor-pianist Jenny Cartney and cellist-guitarist Nick Anton to discuss both the challenges and excitement of rising above the orchestra pit to perform on the stage with the actors, their diverse musical backgrounds, and hitting the road with the other amazing musicians and actors. So here is our conversation with Jenny Cartney and Nick Anton, recorded at the Boston Opera House in Boston, Massachusetts. A lot of these old buildings don't they don't have as many bathrooms, or they have the same amount of bathrooms for women as men, so yeah. they have to add more bathrooms in Actually, that was a thing at the theater in New York at the Brooks Atkinson. The audience is like 70 or 75% women, so they actually have to extend intermission because the line in the yeah. women's bathroom is so oh, ridiculously so long. long every night. You wonder if that's the case in other shows, and yeah. they have to make bathroom modifications, too. Yeah, I don't know. For a longer running I, show. You would know better than me. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't if there's matter. a line, there's a line. The I feel line so was bad. up the stairs for the, for the women. I had to go really badly, uh-huh. and then you know we're kind of like jutting down to the bathroom to make sure we get back in time. Just just running by these women. I'm like, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. He bad. called me George Costanza. You know that scene from when oh, the fire started. Yeah. And he pushes all the old women and, and the children yeah. aside to get like out. with people with walkers and stuff. He's just like, I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Actually, we could oh. see those people from the stage, like right at the end of the first act, just peeling out to run to the yeah. bathroom yep. as yeah. fast as they can. <laughs> you see them They're darting waiting. up the aisles. It's like the end of the show when they all are like, we gotta get to the parking garage so we can get out first. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, it's it's good that it's not like some of the sporting events where people are leaving when like the Red Sox are losing misery. And like six inning, you're out. Yeah, exactly. They don't do that at shows much. No. Yeah. And the show, by the way, was great. Speaking of no one walking out, people probably didn't want to leave. Thank you. The music was great. You have a good time, Chuck? Uh, What's that? I did. I had an awesome time. Should we just begin with it? What we say every time and every I don't know what we say every time. I used to be an actor. Oh, oh, it usually comes up. I'd only done a musical in in high school. I never did musicals when I was in New York. Mm -hmm. But I got a little pang of uh, missing the stage. It was kind of cool. And And you guys are so lucky because, I mean, you're not actors, yeah. but... <laughs> I was like, I'm a former one, too. Oh, you are? Yeah. You? 
so you understand. But as the musicians, you are an actor on this stage. The way yep. this, the way this, right? This yeah. Now I know that you both have a background. You've been playing in musicals for a while. I know you for quite a while. I know I don't know how long you've been doing this. Actually, no. I came from the classical world. I just jumped into musical theater a year ago. Oh, so this, this is, is this your first show? This or? is actually my first musical. Oh, really? I've, I've I've done two productions ever. I did Waitress in New York, and then this tour, and then I also did the Temple Emmanuel production of Shrek the Musical in Merrick, Long Island, yeah. at a community theater, and that's my entire resume oh my in terms of musical and, theater. And you're sitting right in front of everybody. You're the yeah. first. You're the first musician almost everybody sees, like sitting right it's, there. It was terrifying the first time. It's like not only is like, oh, it's your first Broadway show, but also, hey, you're going to be on stage in front of a thousand people your first time. I don't think oh. I've ever seen the musicians on stage and choreographed with the actors. That's what I, I guess you're getting at is that there's a piece that you're always on. You're not in the pit. You're facing us. How is that from someone that you've had acting experience? It definitely changes it. I mean, you've got to be aware of what's happening in the show as well, because, I mean, we're also, when we started rehearsals in Cleveland, like, we always, most of us were trying not to react to stuff, and then Diane, like, I think it was, like, our first dress rehearsal was like, no, you guys should be reacting what's going on. She's like, watch Ogie when he comes in and does all his stuff. So it's got to be, especially since I'm closer to center stage, Lexi, who's also the bass player, we really have to watch the show and, like, react to things, because we're so close to center. Right, she had a lot. She did, didn't she do a high five? Yeah, she does the high five. Lee, who's also the bass player on Broadway, does that, but he's also like what six four. <laughs> yeah. So it's hilarious when he does it because yeah. he's just so tall. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good bit. It's a fun bit. It's, it's interesting though because we we did get specific direction. Like there are moments in the show where like something really intimate will be happening on stage, and our direction is actually to be in band world and to not be in the moment with so them. It depends and, on the scene, and right? Like but that. if something like really public is happening on stage, then huh. we're supposed to be more engaged. Oh, and Along and what I thought was great was the choreography of that one point that comes to mind is when the bass stand the stand up bass comes from the left side of the stage yeah. mm-hmm. in one of these pieces and it surprises everyone seeing this obviously for the first time yeah. and not only it's all real it's all live it's all mixed perfectly as a musician sitting there I'm thinking wow it's coming together so nicely and I think people may take for granted you're not all even in the same place yeah. playing together so I mean we have our in-ears so we can hear everybody we've got our own I mean we all have different mixes so we can hear what we need to hear which is great that we have those because Broadway they actually have the sound people actually control their mixes downstairs so yeah. for us it's yeah. nice because we can just adjust as we need me and Lexi both have a moment like that where we get to enter from stage left and I don't know it's just it was a really cool idea I don't know whose it was originally if that was Diane Paulus's or if it was uh, yeah, I don't Abby's, know because but... so Diane Paulus did original choreography she's right? the director I believe when it was at an ART it's actually a different choreographer. It's somebody I knew. And then they switched for the Broadway, which is uh, Lauren Lataro is ours. And okay. she's great. But I don't, yeah, I don't know. Because the band originally was still, for the ART, I know was on stage. I've seen pictures and stuff. But they're kind of like hidden in the back of the diner. Mm. So I don't think they weren't yeah. as involved as it is now. Yeah. Do you think but Sarah Bareilles... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to actually yeah. address that exactly. Uh, yeah. I know that Sarah specifically wanted the band to be on stage and visible. So that didn't me, surprise me. Yeah. So she may have had a part in that visibility. Uh, it makes sense. That's why I asked it. I mean, in her book, she mentions that that was a big love of hers as, as a kid mm-hmm. and circled back to Broadway eventually with this work. But certainly from the pop music experience she's had, you could see why she brought the band to the stage. And yeah. now that you're interacting, is this what an experience. Yeah. Do you find that shows, we've talked about this in different ways on this podcast about sort of improvisation. For instance, let me give you an example. There was a bass player we talked to 
that is the bass player for Phil Collins and, and James Taylor, uh, Leland Sklar is his name. He talked about how every song every night is the same. You know, it's the same set list. It's the same to everybody's ear. But he's doing subtle things on his bass that no one would ever know. And it keeps it interesting for him. Even during the night, it'll change, certainly during the tour. Do you find that this kind of thing happens? Yeah, I mean, we've got, I mean, it's such a set book, but there's also areas where we can play around. I'm not a great improviser myself, so I kind of stick with what I do every night. But, you know, Nick and Ed and they will all just like little, you know, things here and there that we notice. But anybody coming to see the show the first time, they wouldn't know. Yeah, well, you got to get your musical cues for the actors. Right. But about, yeah. but around that, especially, I assume, like when you're soloing or... There's a sort of responsibility to keep things consistent enough that you're not going to get in anybody else's way. Because your job, first and foremost, is to like serve the show and make sure that you're keeping everything regular for everybody. So it's kind of, yeah, finding your little moments within that where you can experiment. And it might be the difference of one note. It can be really special even just changing that one note. Mm. It's finding that balance between what's going to serve the show and what it, what can you take just to keep it fresh for yourself mm-hmm. in mm. the littlest way. How long have you, did you guys work on this together before it went on tour? It actually wasn't much time at all because Nick, Lexi, and Elena all subbed the New York show. So they'd all done it a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, my associate, Lily, and I were in the rehearsals in New York. So we were together. It was like September 11th when we started. We had three and a half weeks in New York before we went to Cleveland. But I mostly played those rehearsals. She wasn't even on her synth book yet. But what we would do is sometimes in the evenings, we'd go shadow the New York show. Lily would go sit down in the basement with Adam, who's the associate there. And so she'd watch him do the book. I would actually be in Nadia's dressing room playing along with the show while it was going on. Uh-huh. And actors come in and out. It's hilarious. Uh-huh. So that's what we kind of did to get ready. And then we didn't abandon Cleveland until what? When did you guys get there? Like October yeah. 9th? I mean, there were like two days in New York when rehearsals were still going on. That I, I mean, I lived in New York City, so I popped in just to like hang out and play through the show a little bit. But that was volunteer. I wasn't called yet. And then we had a handful of huh. days in Cleveland. And then yeah, we opened. Playing through the show. Is this what you're saying? Playing along? Yep. So you're in the back. What I'm talking about was in our rehearsal studio in New York. We had a full band setup of sorts. I just yeah. kind of came in and played along in that band setup. Like I sat where I would sit in the ah, show in yeah. the rehearsal space and... I just kind of came to, you know, get my feet wet with the touring production. But in terms of actually being on our rig on the stage we were going to open on in a formal rehearsal, we had maybe a week. We were supposed to have a band rehearsal in New York, but that never happened because Ed couldn't come out because he was in Vegas. But Elena played with us. You reminded me, uh, she played like the last two weeks of rehearsal with us in New York, too. But we literally were on a platform that people pushed on for us, which Mm -hmm. was hilarious. Yeah. And then when we got to Cleveland, we had like a band, like a sound check day, but we never really like got like true rehearsal time. We just kind of did it. I mean, so Ed, of course, was the most scared out of everybody because he really hadn't done it. But yeah, and he then came in, yeah, terrified. With no preparation. No. Yeah. Can you but help it, us with the names again? So Ed does. What? Ed is guitar one. Lexi is the bass. bass. She's got all her basses, the upright two, and then Nick obviously is cello and guitar two, mm-hmm. and then Elena is on drums, drums, and Lily is my assistant, and she's on the synth in the back, and she has some percussion stuff too. So we talked to Vansel Cooper, who's on tour right now with with Hamilton. The fact that you didn't really have much rehearsal time actually now doesn't surprise me because he had like what four days he had to play for the director. And then just he's like four days later he was, he was in. wherever he, yeah he yeah. was in and you know that's, well there's something Darwinian about this I mean, too you know what you're up against probably right. it's kind of the culture of the Broadway musician like for example when I subbed the show in New York for the first time I didn't have a rehearsal my first time playing the show was on stage you were just, just reading reading right off uh, the 
right yeah fortunately like they were very kind to me in that they gave me plenty of time to like prepare and learn the part and I got to shadow as much as I wanted normally you don't actually get a rehearsal yeah. with the band you kind of just get thrown in there has um, to be an element of trust you know you Jenny and you Nick come into this you know that you're gonna not show up or not do this if you didn't feel the confidence. It's just kind of interesting to me as an amateur musician because I'm a piano player and I would certainly have to work very hard at certain parts, of course. Actually, improv is more my thing rather than a scripted part. It's just very fascinating to hear that perspective from professionals. There is something special about the culture of the musicians and waitress, though, on the tour and also in New York. They're a super friendly and welcoming bunch. For me, when I was just starting out in New York, I mean, I was terrified. But they really like brought me in and they made me comfortable and they, they made me feel like I could do it, which was really nice. And I don't know if that would be the case in a lot of pits. I don't have the experience to say so, but at least in this particular mm. bunch, they made it really easy for me to sort of break in and, you know, get started. You've had a lot of experience with this. What's, what's this pit like? Well, not that you're in a pit, but what's right. this group like compared to maybe being in a pit and... You're above the pit. You're like above, above the basement the for a... <laughs> For me, uh, you're gonna start a new podcast above the pit. Above the pit, <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, the only other show I did, I was like, we were talking about being on stage. I was like, oh, the other show that I did, where the actors are kind of in, the musicians are kind of involved in the show. I did uh, two years ago on a cruise ship. I did Rock of Ages, and we are on stage, <laughs> and we get lines and stuff. So it, uh, we're there too, not as involved as this is. Yeah. But still got to do some fun stuff with them, too. You but, enjoy it? Yeah. it's uh, That was a great show. I mean, I love, I mean, getting to be back on stage in costume and everything, for me, it's like, that's what I discovered with this show that I had to do. I was like, I don't just have to be the musician with this. I get to do what I also used to love to do the most, which right. is being acting and doing all this. And it's so much fun. That's what makes it fresh for me every night. But I also read that, I mean, you're a conductor, right? Yeah. It's not very often where you're going to be actually playing and conducting at the same time. I worked in uh, Washington, D.C. area. Mostly you actually do piano conducting over stick conducting. Tell us about piano conducting. It took me a long time to get used to like how to actually do it because you're never trained on nobody. There's no classes or anything where they teach you how to do it. You just kind of do it trial by fire and you learn how to like bang your head in <laughs> with so also coordinating head. with the, It's mostly head Mostly stuff. head movements. Yeah. Luckily for us, we have the talkback mic. So most of the time I'm just doing a count off for us. So I don't have to do a ton of head conducting with what this. What do you mean like a Ventriloquist? Well, nobody can actually from, usually from the audience, they probably can't see me doing count-offs. Okay, yeah. For the most part. Because with, when the flowers, I love one of these parts. This is when I realized that you conduct a lot more than this, of course. <laughs> but the most obvious thing to me was I saw that trajectory of the bouquet. And it was yep. like, and I looked at you. Because <laughs> I, I remember that this is part of your role. And I saw your head go, Yep, we have to watch that every night. everyone looked at you and looked at, I think they were looking at the flowers too. But you were the cue that was going to give the boom when it fell down we had one night where she dropped it <laughs> I was did, like knock on wood it was only we're gonna, once we're gonna so jinx far. it now I know. oh did you drop it again no she Lena didn't catch the bouquet she didn't catch it but did you the, do the we boom still did, when it that's fell what I was like ground? we still did the I don't remember what we how we did it it just happened and I was like I, oh no we must have we must have played it and <laughs> where then we just thought it would have happened and played it again yeah. and then we went back because Jeremy then restarted and then we did it again but yeah uh, nobody what, noticed no, no, what no, is kind of funny about it though is that Jeremy the person that plays Ogie he does that every night yeah he's great right oh my gosh um and he it's the funniest thing watching it i mean he throws it at like the same height and trajectory every night he's just gotten so good at doing that (laughs) so if there's ever a moment where like he gives a little bit of a different throw all of a sudden it completely unsettles us because we're so used to the timing being like exactly the same yeah every single night that's i think what's also special that you're you're working off actor cues Mm-hmm. And if you're in a pit, you're not seeing what those actors are doing on stage. Now, now Vansel, he's got a screen, screen. so he can see what's going on, yeah. but he's also playing to a click. 
Well, the Blue right. Man Group does that too. They have a screen and they see all that crazy stuff going on below them. But, but yeah, they, the but, they, but it's right in front of them. They can see exactly yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on. You're yeah. not on a click. Actually, believe it or not, we are for most of the show. Oh, really? Yeah. really? Yeah, we're, I was like, shh, keep it a secret. Yeah. Uh, the we Broadway, can edit this out. Yeah, we've got a Dr. Beat running, which in rehearsals I didn't have it, so I just had my, I have a little metronome on my phone, so I would check what the tempo was, and we'd just do it without it. But once we got into Cleveland, then we added the Dr. Beat. So for the most part, the we Dr. also- The Dr. Beat is called? Dr. Beat. It's a fancy metronome. It's just sitting next, it's on right next to my music. And you have I'm the control, control of it. I'm controlling it through, it's all preset. We preset all the, the whole show, and then I have a foot switch pedal that turns it on, I actually off. think that's unique, right? I think a lot of clicks usually will come from the soundboard, right? But if in this they're show, ever used, yes, you usually. actually control it yourself. Right. It's probably cool. good. <laughs> I would think if it you know is because I've had some mishaps with sound guys controlling the click before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happened on my cruise ship and it was disastrous because there was a pre-recorded vocal to it and then we were off and it was nightmarish. <laughs> oh yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> but you know that makes that makes sense. That I mean, you're on stage with them, you're acting along with them, you're in the rhythm together, mm-hmm. right? You may sense that an actor is doing something a little slower than usual and so you've got to adjust and so that makes more sense than the sound guy who may be 100 yards away in the back who can maybe barely see what's going on that makes more sense yeah. to me really he does uh, the soundboard does have the pre-recorded that's the sugar butter flower loops which Sarah Brellis has pre-recorded for us right. oh Those, I noticed that that's yeah. from the soundboard and that does have a click track for us so we mm-hmm. do hear that so that's one I'm not controlling Chuck yeah. do you want to hear me sing that no. <laughs> I had to sing it in rehearsals with Sarah in the room one day, and I was like, oh, dear God. <laughs> Terrified for my life. But it was funny. Oh, my uh, She's very yeah. nice, I hear. Oh, she's, she's the best. so great. The yeah. best. Yeah, I was wondering if that was her singing this, the sugar butter Yeah, it was part. her voice. Yeah. They just did it, and then they just decided to keep it. So, And I don't remember how that happened, but Nadia talked about that. Speaking of that, so what kind of involvement does she have in the process of the tour now? Sarah hasn't been able to come back since Cleveland. She was in our New York rehearsals occasionally, like a few days a week. And mm-hmm. then Cleveland, she was there pretty much the whole tech process, and then yeah. through opening, and then, then she's left. Of course, now she's in New York, so she hasn't been able to come out again. But well, she's been, like, I mean, I know she's oh. been she's hopping been off and on stage yeah. as the lead, yep. right? Yeah. Didn't she? just do it with Jason Mraz wasn't he yes. on too yeah. and I she's still she's in it still, yeah that run ends maybe this week or next the week the 11th I think yeah. But yeah. that's okay. interesting so that, two weeks. yeah that she comes to the opening and with Tech Week yeah. To that's make great. sure that things. Was, that's neat. I like that she does that. She was there for like the entire time we were teching and she was giving the band's note and she was. Right. That know. speaks to the sugar, butter, flour consistency. Yeah. That, yeah. In a sense, I mean, her presence through this whole trail of, of the tour is pretty nice. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's part of the, I don't know what you'd call her, the creative director or something like that. But. Yeah. I mean, she definitely wanted to make sure the sound was the way she wanted it, which I absolutely appreciate, especially yeah. with. Here's a little trivia thing. I'm actually on a synth, not on a piano. Oh, it's really? a shell that one of Sarah Brella's ah, guys made. That's what she played. Yeah. You remember that? That's what Sarah actually does for oh, her concerts. Right. Yeah. So when she came to a local show, we she saw did a benefit. In, Con- in Concord, Massachusetts, you saw her. She did a benefit, and it was a real piano, but they brought the shell. Yep. Yeah. So, so it's I noticed sound. Yeah. That's right. So do you change some of the sounds during the show, or is it I, all the same no, it's, setting? No, it's the same one for me. Whole show. It's all okay. by my control at that point because I'm not even using a volume pedal on it. But yes, it's actually it's a Yamaha. Uh, it's a 330, I think. Is it what it is? Interesting. Yeah. I tell you, the the sound is so great. I mean, sometimes you can tell that there's someone in the pit, and, right. and you can hear music coming out of there. It almost sounds like it's pre-recorded, but I can see you guys playing, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it is it is such a nice sound coming out. Um, yeah. From the musicians. It's I got to watch fantastic. it Tuesday night. I got to sit out and watch and note the show, and I was like, "The sound here is amazing. It's so mm. great." Every venue we've been in is a different size, so it's been different. But I thought the sound here so is the, fantastic. So we're in the Boston. Yeah. 
Boston Opera House. Yes, we are. So, Nick, you mentioned classical guitar and cello, or did you train in cello first? No, I was a guitarist first. Growing up, I always played guitar and and exclusively rock music. I didn't play any classical music until I was about 15, and I got kind of bored of that. I picked up a cello sort of on a whim and fell in love with it, and then fell in love with classical music after that, just by discovering it through cello. Interesting. Could you read before the cello? Not really. I mean, I learned when I was a kid, but my trajectory was like, I took formal lessons as a little kid. And then like in middle school, early high school, I wasn't in lessons anymore. I was just learning everything by ear and playing Stevie Ray Vaughan songs and stuff like that. You could shred? A little bit. Pretty good for a 13 year old, you know? This was the, Um, this is the opposite course that a lot of people go through. It is exactly the opposite course. Yeah, Yeah, right. So I... You put down the cello when you're 15 and say, that's not cool. Yeah, no, And then you go into rock. Well, it actually makes me feel better because usually I meet a cellist and they'll pick up a guitar and just kill it. And I'll be like, I'll be like, well, how long have you been playing the guitar? And like, I don't know, like three, four months? Yeah. I'm like, oof, I hate you. Yeah. And Uh, they're always better than me no matter what it is. But I'd like to to see them going the other way. Yeah. I never actually stopped playing guitar. Like I studied cello formally. That was what I went to school for. And it was what I was working in before this tour. I was doing just a bunch of freelance classical music work around the city. But all the while I was like playing in bands and I was, you know, still playing guitar a lot. This job, though, is actually the first time I've played guitar professionally. It was like I went from like playing in my bedroom to like, oh, now I'm playing a Broadway show. How did you get this gig? (laughs) My friend JX, we were swapping lessons. She was teaching me Mandarin and I was teaching her guitar. And she happened to be friends with the synth key two player in New York, Adam. They were having a lot of trouble finding somebody that played cello and guitar well. So he asked her offhand at a party, like, hey, do you know anyone that plays cello and guitar? And she said, actually, I do. And put me in touch and actually it was a year ago today that i went to shadow the show for the first time wow uh, march 1st march 1st i walked in telling all my friends like there's there's no way i can't play a broadway show no way like i'm gonna go i'll watch it it'll be nice and then i'll go home and go back to school (laughs) what was the feeling when did you know that this could happen or did you not It was a combination of everyone in the band in New York just being so nice and friendly and encouraging and also kind of knowing my capabilities as a cellist and a guitarist. There are some tricky guitar things in this book, but I knew it was all stuff I could learn you know, a lot of pretty exposed cello lines. But again, I knew it was stuff I could handle. I knew nothing about this show before I went to Shadow It the first time. I was not ever a big Broadway fan. So it was those two things in conjunction. Mm. It was watching the show and hearing the part and like knowing like, oh, I actually could play this stuff. But there um, was a moment during the audition or right after that you, that you thought, I think I'm in? I didn't have an audition. Basically, you need either a guitarist who happens to be really good at cello or a cellist that happens to be really good at guitar. And yeah, that yeah. those two things don't don't often happen. So they were in a spot where their sub list was really short. So they really needed somebody. So they were hoping that I would work out. So what about the acting part? Did they just say, look, just start reacting and we'll tell you what to do when we get to this part? Or did they direct you? How did that come about? They went really easy on me in that regard. They didn't get too specific with me for the acting stuff when I was... Just, you're front and center, man. You're the yeah. first person. We've had Jenny. You're the first person that, that you see. Yeah. They let me just try to get through the show the first couple times and then over time you know they slowly would be like okay well you should be doing this here you should. Right. and especially when we opened the tour it was like okay really you should be doing this this and this <laughs> now we have an yeah. audience paying right. audience you got to start doing this exactly yeah interesting oh. did you find that when you started moving towards the cello did you find your guitar chops got better no 
Really? No. Um, because the thing was, I was playing guitar as a primary instrument until I was playing cello. And then from when I was like 15 till I was like 20, for those like five years, I was mainly focusing on cello. I was only playing a little bit of guitar. Huh. So my guitar ability stayed like kind of frozen in time. For, and I remember all throughout college, like joking with people like, yeah, I haven't gotten any better at guitar since I was like 13. Uh, now that I've been doing this job and I'm playing guitar every day, you know, I've built up a lot more chops than I used to have. Yeah. But yeah, no, I went like full steam. I didn't consider myself a guitarist at all, literally until maybe a year ago. It was like I played guitar, but I wasn't a guitarist. I was a cellist. Interesting. Now, do you find the same for you? For you? Has your piano playing improved now that you've been conducting and playing the piano Doing at the same both. time? What's different for me is that being classically trained and then getting into musical theater also playing it. It for me it's like I remember hating like classical lessons when I was in like high school and college like dreading going and now that I can play classical for fun I enjoy it more. Yeah. I mean this show's style is so completely different that I had to like almost retrain my brain and be like you've got to go into pop land. And that's I think what Nadia was talking about the other night when she was here our supervisor mm-hmm. and she was saying they were having trouble finding somebody that could get out of the musical theater style or the classical style because Sarah's so grounded in the keys because she self she taught herself how to play right. you've got to be completely the opposite of what it's like screw your technique just dig in and keep your hands on the keys thankfully i kind of do that anyway because my technique's not the greatest so <laughs> the pop technique well maybe that's an oxymoron i don't know because <laughs> there really it, isn't but it's but also, it's a sensibility it's a it style is. it's very much a style and i grew up listening to billy joel and elton john yeah. because of my dad so i mean i think that also has helped me as well when you go into the good bad idea song is yes. just such a rolling <laughs> it's not the classic big chords on piano but it's dun, 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 dun. that to me is almost like it's almost salsa sometimes and it's, it's a it's such a crazy song and i love it yeah play it (laughs) yeah i mean do you guys feel that you're dancing with the actors it feels like that to me i feel that you guys are moving together in this yeah i think especially when everybody at the end does come on stage i feel like you guys are definitely doing that because you're with them and everything for me the funniest thing is to play that song i was so terrified of playing that song originally (laughs) it's so crazy this is my brain every night so the first chunk when we're completely off stage so i don't want to know your brain every this is what my brain does so because we have the click running for me i'm doing it like i'm doing a classical exercise like i'm literally like it's just me and the click at home practicing and that's how i do it because (sighs) otherwise i screw it up that's jenny in her brain right there just for the first chunk until we fly across the stage then it's back to the acting part and you have to have fun and it works (laughs) tremendously yeah i don't know why because what you create it felt like everyone was just spinning and dancing together it really is great moment it's almost the opposite of that is when you go into the um used to be mine tune which to me is just the big hit i mean i think that song is ridiculous totally it is ridiculous (laughs) it's not simple to say Most days I don't recognize me That these shoes and this apron That place and its patrons Have taken more than I gave them What's the most complicated part of playing a musical in which not only coming off the actor cues, but sometimes there's this this music constantly going on in the background 
mm-hmm. you got to be in a certain place in the piece by the time it gets to this part in the scene. That sounds kind of daunting to me to be able to make sure that that all happens. I mean, certainly mm-hmm. you have the rehearsal process. Yeah. As you said, you didn't have that much time to rehearse. So Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of the, most of the other scoring stuff is just me. So, I mean, it's nice that it is just me. and It's not as hard to, that I have to control everybody. In my score, also, the script is there when I have to do it specifically timed so that I know exactly where I need to line up. And sometimes it'll change because the moment where when Cal comes in and does his thing where he's closing the lid on the helmet, I mean, that times differently every single night. So Mm. I know exactly, like, in my music where I was like, if the dialogue starts here, I'm good with what I have. If it starts the next bar, I'll have to add two bars to go another round. So wait a minute, the sound of him putting it down his helmet. That is the actual, yeah. Th- that's yeah. the actual That's thing. the actual helmet. Of, okay, it's not you going. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. That's actually him. So it's different. His timing is different every night when he does the turn. Yeah, completely different every night. That's yeah. the one moment I'm like, I cannot check out. I have to be in the moment yeah. and make sure I know where I am. Have you ever had to skip a, a measure or something to catch up to, to something? Not in the show. They're so, I mean, the actors are so consistent. I can't think of a place where I've had to. A lot of it, I think, too, is just being reactive. For example, like there's a moment in the song when he sees me which is Don's big song um, we've had a couple of different covers for that song and there's one moment where it's just me Jenny wait and say that Don. again what do you mean covers uh, as in another actor going on for the role to because uh, Lena has to miss a show and there's one moment where it's just cello piano and vocals and everyone does it a little differently and some people do it much faster some people do it much slower and even Lena will change it up sometimes yep. And that's like an example of a moment where like we just have to really pay attention and yeah. stay with her. There was um, our AMD went out to conduct the show two nights ago and there was one underscoring thing that she took a hair faster than Jenny normally would and I was playing with her and I just had to be like, oh, okay, yep. never played it this fast tonight. <laughs> if you just kind of like keep your ears open, you know, and react to the moment, it's Nothing's not, dramatic. it's part of the job, being ready to react to whatever happens. Because it's live theater. <laughs> right. It doesn't happen that much. Like most shows are pretty much dialed in, but you know, every now and then something will stir up and you just have to be there and yeah, ready for it. Is there anything that comes up that you would have wanted to take back? Is there something that maybe I, not just you would notice, a yeah. layman would? On the opening night of this show, so many things happened. My guitar signal didn't work for Soft Place to Land, which is the one where it's like solo guitar for a while, oh, just right, me right. and like, you know, the waitress is singing. That didn't work. It also didn't work in Bad Idea. I like yanked my own cable out by accident in a different song. I think I like broke a string somewhere. One of my in-ears broke. Anyway, opening night was like traumatic in that sense where so many things went wrong. But what I did, which I should not have done, was I went off stage and Sarah was there. And I went up to Sarah Bareilles and was like, you wouldn't imagine what just happened during that show. (laughs) And I completely wish I didn't do that. Like I should have been out. I should have come off and just been like, it was great. I had a blast, you know, happy opening. But instead I was just like unloading all of my problems on Sarah Bareilles of all people. I'm sure she was very sweet. I'm sure it. she gave a big hug. She did. That was exactly it's what like she it's did. It's okay. <laughs> you used to be an actor? I used to perform. Right? That's what I started doing. Uh, in New York City or where? No, I never, I only did professional like twice, like two things. I mean, growing up, that's what I did, sang, dance, and act. I actually tap danced with a friend the other day, which was just fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I tap danced in a gala actually last year in West Palm Beach, Florida. I had a friend that was a choreographer that I used to know and she's like, do you want to do this? It's like, sure. I was also the musical assistant for Michael Feinstein on that too. Oh, <laughs> so wow. I did both. Yeah. I was like, and got paid. I was like, okay, sure. So you're still doing, you're still dabbling a little bit? Occasionally when I get to, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, the problem was in DC was that people knew me as a music director first. So when I'd yeah. still go into audition, I kind of got laughed at. So I did audition in New York, but the problem is I got to the point where I'd walk in a room and I'd see 300 other girls. I'm like,
like, they're not going to pick me. So it was just at that point, I was like, why am I even bothering? So you're still, you're still getting the bug though, right? Yeah. What's but, the deal with Earl? Is he really a jerk in real life? No, Nick Bailey, is the, Nick Bailey is the nicest yeah, guy. He's so I, I saw him when he bowed. He's like, I'm and so he gets sorry. Booed, I know. Yeah. He, he's, he's he does a fantastic he's really job. Good. He's so great. He's really good. Like being an uncomfortably gig. not nice person yeah you know. he's got to deal with that after afterwards people come up to him and, and they want to punch him out or something yeah right? exactly yeah. The guy, they kind of sizing him up i wonder he like, handles he it so well but that's yeah, a tough gig look everybody on in the cast is really great i mean they're all just, they're all just fantastic cast. it's great the singing was really fantastic yep. so we saw it last night and joe wallace our photographer brought his daughter mm-hmm. and she's 10 and we weren't quite prepared for some of the content, a little bit more adult than, it's a than not. Bit more adult. <laughs> and we but, weren't prepared. Or? Well, I know I, I got you know, <laughs> but I was I was kind of watching her reaction to it. Some goes right over her head. She's you know she's just a young, young young girl, but but some of them she would get and her eyes would get a little bit big. And at one point she even put her, her she put her head in her <laughs> hands her like like this. <laughs> but she was so excited about it. I think she felt like an an adult to a certain extent. Like she's getting a taste. She's getting a window into something that she she's usually not seeing mm-hmm. and she's allowed to see it yeah. and it's happening in front of all these other grown-ups. I mean, this is yeah. this is the stuff that usually happens when she's not in the room, right? Mm-hmm. But right. I think it speaks to the fact that in theater and musicals especially now, it's a rare thing for us all to be in a room seeing live music, live singing in incredible quality written and performed that's not on YouTube and we're not sitting on our couch. It still astounds me when I do it, when I see it. Just to chime in about the kids is that I think that their generation is really missing out on that stuff, and it's a special, yeah. special thing. It's really just palpable seeing this. That's part of the so. entertainment for me is watching just kind of every once in a while looking over at her and seeing her reaction, reaction. to it, yep. and just wide-eyed mm-hmm. and being blown away. Yeah. So uh, on to more important things. Are there more? Uh, <laughs> are, are these pies real? There are some real pies. There are some fake pies. It's yeah. more fake than oh, real. Oh come on! We don't want to. We don't want to ruin the illusion. But there are. They are de- definitely eating things but you, on stage. But you yeah. can buy pie oh, in the audience. Those jar pies are fantastic. If you haven't yeah, had you one, we we met Maddie and she was one of the pie sellers in the mm-hmm. audience there. So we didn't buy one, but I wanted to. Um, they are so, really good. So after when you after you have a show. Does everybody powwow and talk about what happened and how it went? Is there a, is there a kind of a follow up to what's going on or? Not usually. I mean, not for us. I mean, we all know what you know. We all know admit when we screw up and you know. But yeah. I mean, for the most part, we just come back and do it the next day, and then was it might be a little different. But no, we don't really. The cool yeah. thing about doing so many shows every week is that the show can go on without rehearsals for the people that are always in. Right. So there's like always rehearsals going on for people that are understudying and learning different whatever but for like the regular cast that's in doing the show every night and for us and because we're doing eight shows every single week like it's always so fresh it's always right there at our fingertips so we can survive without really having to brush up much being in a broadway production on a tour is got to be really special in the sense that you're doing a high quality broadway show you get a new setting every time. Every and, week. Yeah. And for some Almost. people, I would imagine that touring is it's not their, their okay. bag, you yep. know, and they, they need to stay in the same place for a year or whatever in New York or Chicago. You know, you go to Pittsburgh next, and then, then there's another city and another city. Do you guys get to explore during the day and do you meet friends? or Nick definitely gets to do more than I do because I usually have rehearsals with understudies during yeah. the week, although mm-hmm. the past few weeks I haven't had as many, which has been nice. So I got yeah. to like go to Boston, and my friend was here this week, so I've seen her. She's coming to the show tomorrow night. 
So yeah, it depends on the city, but it, sure. yeah, if I have friends there, I mean, cool. we do get to we get to go out and explore. Yeah. I don't Jenny, get to as Jenny much. Jenny seems to have friends in every single city. <laughs> she, it's her and Elena are the two people in the band that like I swear every other every show. Pretty much no, 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 not even every week. Like every two nights, it's like, oh yeah, my friend Bubble Boss in the audience. Right. It's like, and the rest of us are like, how do you have so many friends? Well, because Lex asked me that, and she's like, how many you have so many friends? It's like you have to remember, I've been doing theater for like professionally for like fifteen years. Yeah. It's like if you think of how many shows I've done and how many people I know and mm-hmm. other people that they. Know. I mean, what cities were you in before you got to Boston? We basically did a bunch of Midwest, mostly Midwest. The furthest west we went was uh, Denver. How long has oh. this been going on? We're at week Sorry. twenty, I think. And yeah. you spent how long in each city? Usually a week the only two week sit downs we've had so far well Cleveland was about like a month total by the time we left and then we went to Columbus it's like can I remember the trip Columbus well. we went to Kansas City Missouri <laughs> when you leave for Pittsburgh I don't know what time our flight is, but Monday. I'm driving, so. Oh, that's right. You're driving. Yeah. And then I drive with you from Pittsburgh to Charlotte. Yeah, Does everybody right. kind of go that's their right. own ways or they, they go in as, as a group or what? Uh, for the most part, people for the most take part, the company we travel. take the company travel. Lately, because we've been so close to New York, a lot of people have gone to New York on Monday because we've yeah. been up in this area. But yeah, mm. mostly we usually travel together. And do, you, and do you stay in the same hotel when you're there? I've been finding that most of this cast has been doing Airbnbs. Yeah. Oh, really? It's set up in a way that we're, we're provided a hotel in every city, but yeah, I think the majority of people at this point are, are opting out of that and doing it in Airbnb instead. Yeah, I think everyone more. just wants to have a kitchen and you a little more space. I just don't cook, so that's yeah. why. Yeah, it's good hotel. if you're there for a week. It gets <laughs> yeah. a little stale in a hotel. Yeah, it that's does. Cool. And you fraternize with the with the actors when you're. Um, yeah, yeah, it's we'll go out. This show is nice because there isn't a strong divide between like musicians yeah. and actors. Everyone hangs out. Everyone's cool. That's interesting though because it's you wonder if it's metaphorical. The fact you're on stage together, yeah, physically, they're all really respectful. You would think too, that the like, pit is not this divisive. Yeah, you know? yeah. I've never gotten the vibe from any actor in the company that like the musicians are at all like less than or less important. Like the attitude of the show from the top all the way to the bottom is that everyone's sort of equally important, which is really nice. Yeah, that is nice. So I feel like I want to hang out with everybody on. on stage they're all seem like really great people i mean certainly they're they're actors on stage but who's the guy with the uh the cook ryan who plays cal yeah he's great he's He's great is he even acting is that who he is (laughs) no i mean ryan's definitely acting but he is that fun of a guy i mean yeah Yeah, he's definitely some of him in there uh yeah yeah yeah, you can tell the cool thing is that like because we've been out for 20 weeks and we've done coming up i think on 160 shows what I thought would happen at the start of the tour was that like it was going to be fun at the beginning and then it was just going to get stale and then every show was going to be like drudge work. There are obviously moments where things are stressful, you're down for your own personal reasons, you're not having as much fun, but I think as a testament to the way the show is written and the vibe amongst the company like I'm still finding this far out into the tour that most of the time it's just it's a lot of fun I'm still really enjoying it and still fresh yeah, in some sense yeah I can see myself being able to play the show however many more times and not being sick of it well that's great for Pittsburgh to know yeah. That, yeah. You're, that you're coming along the pipeline yeah. And uh, I don't know what's after that, but... Yeah, how much longer is, is the tour? What I've been told, what I've heard, is that it's at least through, like, August of 2019. So we'll really? see. Wow. That it might go beyond that if they keep getting yeah. it. If they're making this much money off of it, they're yeah. bring like it back. Up. It'll run. I just think, I mean, this might be one of the long-running tours that keeps going, you know, like Wicked and Lion King and all those. I mean, I think it has the popularity that would probably be one of those. From what I understand, I don't know about the tour specifically, but I know that it's not the most expensive show to run. Mm. And it does turn a great box office number, so it's possible. It sold out house last night, right? Yeah. And I think been, it sold out the rest of the weekend, packed. too. I suppose as the tour goes on, we'll see what happens like a year from now, if we're still selling the same way. Hopefully we will be, especially if we're going to new markets. Like, I can't see why that wouldn't happen. Yeah. The show has legs. I mean, it's going to run for a while. I think I found out there's a production going to be done in 
the Philippines this oh. coming year. That's cool. It actually might be at the end of this year. And I was like, oh, interesting. So, yeah. I mean, who knows what it's going to do? Yeah, it'd be good to take it to Europe. And yeah. Well, thank you guys very much. Yes, thank you. Oh, sure. uh, Jenny Cartney, Nick Anton, mm-hmm. and the rest of the band. Give our regards to them. Yeah, and we, uh, we just wish you the best success on the ongoing tour. And Thank you. Very cool to hear your perspective. Yeah, really great. Especially as a former actor and current musician. Yes. It's nice to get and both sides. Podcaster. And podcaster. Yeah, and future podcaster. <laughs> can you turn the click off right now? <laughs> Hi, it's only in my ears. You can hear it? I hear your click. That's how long we've known each other. Uh, now. Good luck on the rest of the tour. <laughs> Thank thanks you so much for having and, uh, us, and thanks for thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank right. you. Let's make a new one, Mama. What do you say? I love you when you let me pick out the name. We would like to thank Jenny and Nick for sitting with us and also Anne Sheehan and all the kind folks at Broadway in Boston for their help in organizing this conversation. There is a fantastic lineup this season at Broadway in Boston, so go check out the schedule at boston.broadway.com. And be sure to catch the touring company of Waitress at a city near you. See where they are heading next at waitressthemusical.com forward slash tour. Go to AboveTheBasement.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, listen and subscribe to our podcast, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, and look at all the nice pictures we post on Instagram. We are everywhere. On behalf of Ronnie and myself, thanks for listening. Tell your friends, and remember, Boston music, like its history, is unique. <laughs>